the Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and Ryan Dingle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dingle, and I am joined by Jack Wright and Logan Bradley. I can't believe it. Yes, the guys that you, you hear their names in the intro, they're actually here today. So, so that's pretty incredible. And in a moment, we are going to be joined by our, our good friend, Dan Goodwin III from the Three Kings of the Midway podcast. Our, our buddy Mike could not be here. He's got a sick little guy. So Mike, we are thinking about you big time. Logan, it's been a while, man. How, how does it feel to, to be back in the, uh, back in the saddle? It's great. I mean, you know, you texted me, said, you know, your, your listening listenership has just been down. You're desperate to get me back on the podcast, bump the numbers up a little bit. And you know what, Dangle, I will do whatever you want me to do. So I'm <laughs> back to save this thing. No, I'm very excited. You know, obviously I haven't, uh, haven't been around a lot lately, but the bear down report is just absolutely taking off and it, it is all credit to to Mike Page, Ryan Dangle, and all the other fantastic writers that uh, that have been brought on board recently. It's 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 been truly awesome, and we've been really, really, really fortunate um, to to bring in some some really talented people. Um, and you know, I'm 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 kind of thrilled about it. Jack, what does it feel like to be to be back in the saddle with uh, with all that's going on? It feels great. I've missed you guys, and uh, I mean, listen, another moment cannot go by without saying. Congratulations, Ryan Dangle. You are a father, man. That is so cool. Yeah. Uh, That's like really honestly, you're going to be a great dad. A great dad. Thank you. I think uh, you guys know at this point, um, three hours stretches of sleep at night is just not cutting it. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been the thing. And we are joined now by Dan Goodwin, the third from three Kings of the Midway podcast. Uh, Dan, we've got him on loan since Mike couldn't be here. Dan, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Once again, man, congratulations on the baby. Oh, and thanks, my advice is sleep when the baby sleeps. You're <laughs> on his time schedule. For sure. So, Dan, we're trying to, but like yesterday, she she slept like during the day, maybe like an hour in the morning and an hour. At, like we're trying, like we couldn't get her to sleep. So it's it's been absolutely crazy. Um, yes. So, guys, I'm thrilled. So, so Dan, Jack, and Logan, we're gonna we're gonna talk all, uh, a lot of things bears. Uh, but first, we wouldn't be here if not for for these fantastic sponsors, Jeff Cadwallader phenomenal guy absolutely phenomenal guy if you're looking to buy or sell a home in the chicagoland area this year you've got to visit genevajeff.com to learn more about how jeff cadwallader with app properties can help you jeff knows you need experience when it matters most visit genevajeff.com today or give my guy a call or a text at 630-254-4734 now this is something logan jack and and dan man when you come into town you got to go visit my guys at Sheridan's Barbershop. My guy, Will, hooks me up every single time. It's incredible. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 67 years. With five barbers and open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, they've got appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop where traditional meets modern. 
All right, so gentlemen, there is so much news to talk about. So what I wanna do first is I wanna do some quick hits. Your thoughts about a lot of the news that's going on. We don't need to get into super detail because we've got those, those detail-oriented questions here at the bottom. So let's kind of walk through some of the news. Um, the very first one, Robert Quinn appears to be hurt again. So Dan, should we be worried about this one? Because I did hear a report today saying that he had two, two times where he walked around that offensive line and might've had a sack. What are you kind of thinking about that one? I mean, limited in practice and, and things like that. It, it, it sounds like they're trying to gas him up a little bit, in my opinion. Um, I'm not expecting a whole lot from Robert Quinn, to be honest with you. It's, it's sad to see that he's hurt already. He was hurt back in June. You would figure that he would kind of do some rehab and try to get things together. Um, so hurt at minicamp after being off for several months and then hurt now in, in, at the beginning of training camp. I just see that being the MO, that being the situation with Robert Quinn for right now. I, I got to give a shout out to my guy, Rob Kirkland, who probably texts me one to two times a day about how much he hates the Robert Quinn signing, how furious he is about it. Uh, that, that one's uh, frustrating. Uh, Logan or Jack, any, any two cents about that one? Because if not, I want to ask you guys about a yet another uh, member of the defensive front. I just feel like it's, it's something that we are going to have to continue to get used to this year just because the dude's older. I mean, he, he is older. All due respect, everybody's ages on this podcast, but with a football body, he is older. And I mean, there's just no way around the fact that that contract is going to look bad until the day that he is no longer a bear. 12.8 million base salary. He makes up 7.68% of the cap. The only person that makes more money than him is Khalil Mack. So I'm with Logan and Dan on this. It's, Wolf. I hope that he's better than we think he's going to be. He, he can't be worse than he was last year. I mean, like, <laughs> if, he, if he has any, any bit of a pass rush, he's going to be better. Um, Jack, I want to come right back to you with Akeem Hicks not at practice today. Should I be worried as a Bears fan? You know, it's a great question, right? I, I think what happens is that you want to fine tune guys, you know, in the training, in training camp and in the preseason. You know, I do think there is something to be said about these guys at this level being gamers and they're going to do everything they can to be prepped for the game. So I don't think it's worth making a mountain out of a molehill at this particular time. If, if a guy, a veteran, especially misses a camp, misses a day of camp. I, by the time people are listening to this podcast, Logan, I, I'm sorry, this is a huge bomb. And, and Dan and I are both pretty big Cub fans uh, so by the time this podcast drops, that won't be uh, breaking news, but it is, it's happening for us right now. I, mm -hmm. can, can you, can you, say, I, can you, Logan, can An you share the Anthony news? Anthony Rizzo. Can, can yeah. you, okay. Remember that we're your friends and okay. I know that, that okay. we're, Cub, we're Cubs fans, you know, and you're a Sox fan, but, but sure. deliver the sure. news really quick. Ken Rosenthal has tweeted that Anthony Rizzo has been traded to the New York Yankees. So I don't take, you know, I, Anthony Rizzo is obviously a, a good guy. He's a phenomenal player. So I don't, I don't envy the Cubs situation. It's tough. The, the Sox went through it four or five years ago. I know that it's a hard situation, but that's like, that has to be hard as a Cubs fan. He's the heart and soul of that team. So I, I feel for you guys right now. That's, that's tough. Dan, um, I, I mean, I, I knew we knew Chris Bryant and Rizzo uh, and Elmago couldn't all stay 
Like, you know, I mean, like all the, 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 that, those three guys, it wasn't going to happen, but can I just get your, like your gut reaction right this second? Uh, my gut reaction is, is turmoil. <laughs> I just, uh, Rizzo is the one guy that I wanted to stay because he was here. He started it. He, he was through some bad seasons and I wanted him to retire a cub. I wanted him to be a cub. Right. Um, Chris Bryant, I was kind of, on the fence about, but then I started to warm up to, you know, and kind of be receptive to, hey, you know, if we got to let him go, we got to let him go. But Rizzo is the one guy that I wanted to stay. You know, it's it's funny, man. Last time I was on with you, I think we had breaking news. It was a good thing. This one is a terrible thing. So, Sheesh. you know, I guess it's, I guess, it's, you know, <laughs> the, the, the sports gods paid me back today or something. <laughs> So. Dan, uh, maybe, maybe I like, I want to have you on the podcast more often, you know that, but, but maybe we shouldn't, right? Cause we're, 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 we're playing with it right now. The, the uh, last one was good though. It was good. Tevin yeah, it was, was yeah, that was incredible. So we're literally talking about Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins was drafted by the bears. Wow. We were two kids in a candy store. It was incredible. <laughs> let's, let's, let's move on. Uh, you know, Akeem Hicks, uh, Jack, I think I agree with you. We think, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta give a guy a rest. I mean, that, that guy has been kind of the heart of that defensive line. Hopefully that's all it is. Green Bay, there's a lot that's going on. And so I want to break this down just a little bit. First of all, let's talk about, are you guys surprised that Aaron Rodgers is coming back? Logan, what do you think about that? Are you, are you surprised? I, I really am not. I just, a situation like this, like where you have a guy who, you know, you can say Aaron Rodgers kind of likes attention probably. I, I try not to pay as much mind to him as I can, but really throughout this whole thing, it's just, it was just hard for me to imagine that happening. I mean, I know that there, there are a lot of big moves that happen in the NFL, but there was just really no point where I thought that he truly was going to get traded to a new team. Um, again, you know, I think he put it best when you drew out the questions for this dangle, a little bit of a drama queen. That's who Aaron is. You know, he, he deserves to be able to try to get more money, but you know, he wants the attention, but at the end of the day, I, I was pretty confident that this was going to happen. So I think the victory laps that maybe were be do, being done earlier in the off season about us not having to face him, uh, they did, did seem a little premature. Dan, I, I know you guys talked about it quite a bit on the three Kings of the Midway podcast. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on, on him coming back? How do you, how do you kind of feel about that situation? With, with Aaron Rodgers, the situation there is I was kind of, I, I knew he was going to come back. Let's just be honest about it. Right. Um, but it was fun while it lasted to see, the Green Bay faithful go through the, the motions of, of the, the, the many emotions that they had from bitterness to hate, to anger, to forget Aaron Rodgers, right? And now they're right back on board with him, right? You still have a little bit that are like, you know, hey, if he doesn't want to be here, let him get gone, you know? So um, I kind of knew he was going to come back. I'm, I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? I want to beat him this year anyway. So that's a, that's a good thing about it. Um, but it was fun while it lasted, man. Just to see, just to see the <laughs> the breaking stories from Adam Schefter and how they just turned on him so viciously, you might say. So it was it was kind of funny to me. Watching some Green Bay fans say we don't want this drama queen in, in in our thing, which has just been incredible. Jack, I want to come to you with this. Basically, keeping along those same lines. I don't know if you've seen the press conference. If you have any thoughts about that press conference, I mean, I, I watched and I thought if I'm Green Bay's front office. I'm, I'm pissed at this point. I understand that he had gripes and he wanted, but he, he aired all their dirty laundry. What are you kind of thinking about this whole situation, Jack? 
He did. It, you know, I vacillate with him. I've talked to you before. I think that he, he is the type of guy who's hu- hubris, I think, gets into the way, gets in the way to the point where he can be toxic. His body language sometimes, you know, the way that he seems to be undermining in a lot of ways. And there's no question in his talent. I got to say, I was impressed and a little bit swayed with this presser, you know, because I felt like the things that he was basically pitching or asking for from, you know, the Green Bay Packers management were things that I think he's probably earned. You know, I mean, some guys, some guys just play and they never ask for any additional duties or any extra responsibilities. Basically, Green Bay has said, said to Aaron Rodgers, your job is to just play. But for him to say, I'd like to be a part of free agency in that I would like to try to be a help when it comes to recruiter, like to recruiting talent, without knowing the intricacies of that franchise, I got to just, why wouldn't you have Aaron Rodgers help you with free agent recruiting? Why wouldn't you? And again, it's only one side of the story that we got from his presser, but he expresses disappointment in the way that, you know, um, uh, that uh, players exited the system, whether it be retirement or just not being resigned and just a frustration. He listed the names of some really good Packers that I think he thought had just been dumped on. Uh, he said it was never about the money. And, and again, it was just him talking, but I kind of believed him, you know, and I think that he was looking to try to stay in Green Bay to make it a championship squad and never leave there. And all he really wanted to do, and again, I realize I'm not totally naive. This is his words. He just wanted to try to help. You know, he just wanted to try to help them make the team better in ways that were extended beyond his play on the field. I can't wait for some of his press conferences this season. He's that man is not going to hold back whatsoever. And he's going to say some things that will probably be very, very funny from our perspective. I think Packers are still gonna be good, but it's going to be popcorn material. Think about if we got this raw Aaron Rodgers at the end of the NFC North game, when they decided to kick the field goal instead of let him throw. I, I, I know uh, Corey, I know Corey Walsh, if you're listening, you brought that up on our last pod. I wholeheartedly agree. Logan, I want to come to you with this one. And, you know, after this, it's time to talk bears and bears exclusively. Is this going to change Devonte Adams contract situation in any way, shape or form? I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, if you're Devonte Adams, why don't you run it back one more year, I guess, at least. But thinking that Rodgers is probably only going to be there one more year, I don't know if he would sign a long-term extension because you'd think that they go hand-in-hand hand together. And there's been too much back-and-forth talk between the Raiders, Derek Carr, stuff like that, why he'd want to go catch passes from Derek Carr. I know he went to college with him. I have no idea why you'd want to do that, why anyone would want to do that. But um, I don't see there ever being a contract extension there in Green Bay for uh, for Devontae Adams. Uh, so I, I feel like both of them will be wearing different uniforms next year. Dan, uh, reports came out today that over the last two days, Justin Fields hasn't looked very good. I'm getting frustrated hearing that people are, are, are doing exactly what I fear that they would do, which is nitpick. Dude's a rookie. It's his second day of practice. Am I in the right in this, or should we be worried about this situation? No, I wouldn't be worried about it at all. You're, you're going against um, a top defense. Let's, let's be honest. The Bears defense is pretty good, right? You've got you've got some some defensive juggernauts over there in Khalil Mack and Danny Trevathan, guys who know 
how to play football. You know what I mean? Now, we may have some little issues with them here and there, but for the most part, they know how to play football, and they're a top defensive unit in this league. Um, so he's going up against, against guys who know how to play the game. And he's a rookie. It's his second day of practice. Um, you know, there are some reports that, that he looked a little shaky. There are some reports that I heard today as well that he looked more confident in some of his throws. So, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress, man. It's not going to be, you know, set the field on fire as soon as he steps foot out there. It's going to be some learning curve to this. You know, the, this, is, this is the NFL. So let's not, let's not act like it's, you know, high school that he's going out there and he's superior in talent. Everybody's on an even playing field now. So it'll be a learning curve, but he'll, he'll, catch, he'll catch it pretty soon. Well, Dan, I think that that's something that we talked about on our on the last time you were on the podcast, uh, which was right after he had been drafted, that this dude is an improvement monster because he's such a smart guy and literally one of the, the smartest players to ever come into the NFL, that he improves week to week, day to day. And, and so that's something that I'm thinking about it. Jack, do you kind of any, any, any thoughts on this? I mostly agree with Dan. I mean, it's, it's real early and I'm with you, Ryan. I hope people can be patient. You know, it's not like you're firing up a game of Madden. You know, and you're just like substituting fields in there for Dalton. That's not how it works. It takes time. It takes repetition. It takes experience. It's your phrase. It takes a lot of seat time. You know, and, and the other thing, too, that I guess I would say you also mentioned the offensive line, perhaps looking a little rough. It, that, that is like a, a right of fall. The defense is always going to be ahead in the beginning at, in training camp, and the offense is always going to be behind. And it just takes a lot longer to orchestrate the timing of an offense whereas the defense, generally speaking, can get their alignment and their assignment pretty quickly, step to their spots, and do their jobs. So I also wouldn't necessarily worry about that offensive line at this point. Well, you know, and obviously you have a Fetty out and you have Tevin Jenkins sitting out. I mean, I, at this point, everybody's, everybody's learning. Uh, Logan, should we hit the panic button or is it, is it time to chill out and maybe watch which reports are also saying that Andy Dalton looks pretty darn good in, in, in practice. What, what are you kind of thinking about this quarterback situation? Yeah, no, I think that you're an idiot if you overreact <laughs> to anything other than Justin Fields' arm falling off over the next like month and a half. Everybody... Just like chill out, have a beer, like sit back, you know, marijuana is legal in Illinois. If you want to do that, that's fine. But like, unless his arm falls off, just give him this training camp. There's going to be ups and downs. Just chill out. You know, this is hopefully the start of a very, very long career in Chicago for Justin Fields. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt and just stop overreacting. God. (laughs) Logan, can I just say how much I've missed having you on this podcast just where, where you I missed been it dude too. i missed it too <laughs> all right reports are coming out uh by some green bay fans uh and, and i'm trying to follow this logic and i guess i kind of understand it the only way that randall cobb decided to come back is because anthony miller was traded to the texans um and that that green bay needs to thank chicago bears uh f- for this situation i mean i'm kind of of the mindset that maybe this was all done before any you know before we are aware of it any of it so so perhaps you know the only reason we were able to get a fifth round draft pick was because they knew they were going to be sending randall cobb i don't know regardless miller is gone Cobb is headed to Green Bay. Logan, coming right back to you on this one. Your thoughts? 
Oh, I'm just glad Anthony Miller's gone. I, I know that I've been on this podcast before and I've talked about how I just dislike Anthony Miller, the football player. And obviously I don't know him, but you can't like his antics on the field. It can't be said enough getting, getting kicked out of that playoff game. It's just dumb, dumb, dumb. Like I'm ecstatic to get a bag of balls for Anthony Miller. So the fact that we got a fifth round draft pick is, is a huge win. Jack, any thoughts on that one? I think maybe we're all at a point where if Ridley, Wims, and Miller were out the door, we probably wouldn't be all that sad. Uh, and that might happen with the, the the new faces that they brought in in the wide receiver room. You know, uh, although I suppose there's a chance those guys might might make it, might have a great, uh, you know, camp and or be on special teams. Um, but I do think we're in a position in some of those instances, especially with the wide receivers, it's time for new blood. Let's roll. Dan, I know you guys have talked about it on your own podcast. How are you kind of feeling about this situation? And I, I guess also, how would Roy and Devore feel about this? Well, I mean, of, of course, Devore, he knew Anthony Miller was gone, right? I mean, I gave him kudos to that. If you look at my Twitter feed, as um, soon as the news dropped, I was like, hey, my guy's been calling this for a while. I was, you know, I was, I was of the mindset that, hey, maybe he sticks around just because he was a number two draft pick or, or a second round draft pick, I should say. Um, but I was wrong, you know, and and I think it's probably best that he's gone because with with what we have in the locker room and you have a situation where, you know, the situation with with punching a guy. Right. Wims did it. You know, that was a, that was one situation in a regular season game. It was addressed. And then leading up to the next game, it was addressed during the week by the coaching staff. Um, the writing is on the wall for Anthony Miller. Once these guys start getting drafted, once Daz Newsom got drafted, I mean, that's the same guy. That's the same type of player. You know what I mean? A little dog, a little bit of a uh, somebody that, that can go across the middle and make tough catches, things like that. So the writing was on the wall for him. I think it's good that he's gone. Um, his football IQ is very low, in my opinion. I think he's talented. He's a talented guy, right? And he has tools necessary to be a good wide receiver, but his football IQ is so low that it prohibits him from being anything. And to be honest with you, he might get cut in Houston, to be honest with you. Who I wants just, to be in Houston either? Oh, uh, my God, that team sucks. But, it's a, but, it's a but, barren wasteland. A hundred percent, Logan, but they just don't have anybody else. You know, no. I, I mean, they really, and now Randall Cobb's gone. I know that guy's been hurt for a while, but, but, but still uh, really quick shout out to Anthony from the Irish bear show. Daz Newsom was brought up on this episode and basically he gets a dollar every time that happens. I've never heard any bears fan obsessed with a player more than Anthony is obsessed with, with Daz Newsome. Um, and you know, I, I, I agree with you, Dan, right. Your, your, your point is incredibly well-made, which is the guy was in the wrong spot at the wrong time way too often. People are like, well, look at that amazing touchdown that he had. That's because Nick Foles literally said, Hey dude, go to the L in Atlanta. Right. And, and that's where you need to be. So it wasn't this complex route. It's just, Hey, this is where you need to be. Dan, I'm coming right back to this one. Who looks more physically intimidating right now? Is it the new refreshed Eddie Goldman or Travis Gibson? I don't know if you guys have seen pictures, but <laughs> Travis Gibson hit the freaking weight room. Holy cow, man. Dan, what do you think about that? Uh, man, I think, I think Travis Gibson is, is, man, he's looking really good. He looks like he's in shape. He's ready to go. But, you know, Eddie Goldman, I'm going to go with Eddie Goldman on this one just because, 
I mean, I'm I'm stunned by how he came back, right? Um, there was a lot of talk about, you know, is he in shape with the minicamp situation that happened? Um, I was one of those people like, man, what's what's going on? I, you know, you, you don't hear anything in the silence and he's not there. And, well, he is in the house. No, he's not. You know, and, and so everybody's thinking maybe he's out of shape. I mean, he's out of football and it's a 350 pound man. You would expect him to, you know, come in maybe a little bit out of shape. But man, the, the way he's gotten himself together is is very impressive. I mean, I think he looks better than when he was on the last on the on the field the last time. So obviously he's he's kept his regiment up. He's kept his uh, weightlifting program up. We'll see how he does. And not only that, but there's some rumblings about some of the um, some of the stuff that he was doing in practice as well. So you know, I saw that that he he got he get, blew by a couple of people a, a couple of times. Uh, today, matter of fact. So, you know, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him. I think he looks a little bit more intimidating. Um, that big body, man, it's it's something that six five, two hundred. I mean, three hundred fifty, three hundred sixty pounds. That's that's a behemoth. Khalil Mack has got to be licking his chops, just realizing that Eddie Goldman is going to eat up so much of that front. Uh, Jack, what about you, Travis Gibson or Eddie Goldman? What are you thinking? Well, I think the other person that's got a huge smile on his face is Roquan Smith. In fact, I know he does because he was quoted as saying, you know, there's a guy who's going to take double teams. And if Roquan Smith could be better, which I think he can, which is amazing because he had a phenomenal year last year, it's going to be because Eddie Goldman came back svelte and ready to go. I wonder if Gibson uh, put on all that extra strength because he's going to have to carry Eddie Jackson all year. Maybe that's (laughs) why, you know, because – he's going to need it, you know, if uh, Eddie Jackson plays any anything like he did last year. But I, I'm with Dan. I mean, it was pretty cool to, to see Goldman, to see him be fit, apparently injury-free. That's huge for that defense. Logan, let me ask you, are you worried about Roquan Smith's contract at this point? Nah, I'm just really excited to watch him play this year, honestly. I think that he has, uh, he has some unfinished business after being ultimately snubbed out of the Pro Bowl last year. But – I think that given the history of the Bears, like the McCaskey family makes some questionable decisions, but the history of the Bears in the linebacker position, that's the one position that kind of I have confidence that we know how to value that. And I think that gets done at the end of the year because I feel like Roquan does like where he's at. Um, it doesn't seem like I, – I follow him on Instagram. That man looks like he has some fun in the city, so I think he enjoys where he's at. But, no, I'm not too, not too worried given the, uh, the rich history of the linebackers that we've had, and I, I think he'll want to be a part of that, and uh, I hope that uh, we react accordingly. He, he, he's the best traditional linebacker since Erlacher and Briggs, right? Gentlemen, am, 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 I, am, I, am I wrong in this one? Dan, you, you look like you – what are you thinking about that situation? Mm. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll go. I, I think I'm not going to say he's a traditional linebacker because he's undersized. Um, Brian Erlacher was a, a different type of guy. He was fast. He was huge. He could play the middle of the field. He could play sideline to sideline. Now, Roquan can do some of those things. But in my opinion, Roquan needs guys like, like Jack mentioned. He needs Eddie Goldman on front because he's undersized. So he needs Eddie Goldman to suck up some of that space up there and keep the guards and centers off of him. Otherwise, he can't do what he does. You know, he was relegated to more being more of being a space tackler last year. Now, based on Eddie Goldman being there, that will allow him to be even more aggressive 
and maybe cause more deflections in the past game, maybe cause more strips and, and sacks and things like that. So it allow him to be more aggressive than he was last year. Last year, it was he, he had a decent – he had a great year. I'm not going to say decent. He had a great year. But he can have an awesome year with Eddie Goldman being back because it allows him free range to do whatever he wants to do. Brian Urlacher didn't have that problem. As a traditional big, huge, fast linebacker, Brian Urlacher didn't need guys to, to protect him, you might say. But, um, you know, if, if those guards and things like that touch, touch Roquan, then it, it kind of throws him off his game. He's a fast guy. He can be like Devin White in Tampa Bay. He can, he can be that type of game breaker on defense. Man, but when those guys hit someone, I mean, the speed at which Roquan, just to, to your point, the, when that guy, oh man, when he, when he brings it, it, it is crazy. Now, Jack, I know you wanted to talk about this. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw it in, in your court. I'm going to read out a few names and I'm just, I, I'm hoping that you're salivating as I'm reading these names, Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, Angelo Blackson, Mario Edwards, Jr., Kyrus Tonga, man, I, I'm I'm I am so excited about this group. What are you kind of thinking about this defensive line headed into training camp? I think it's great. I mean, the depth is the depth is terrific. Uh, it's disappointing to see uh, Mario Edwards out for the first two games with suspension, because I think he is probably of that group one of the biggest up and comers. We we think we know uh, we know where uh, you know uh, Goldman is. You know. And Hicks, uh, I think they're proven commodities. Uh, we saw that probably Bilal Nichols was not cut out to be in the nose, but will be very good to comment on spot downs. Um, you know, so I, I'm really looking forward to Mario Edwards getting back uh, and uh, getting even better. Here's another one. Uh, 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 one of our, our listeners, it's at uh, seven brew. So Bruja seven um, asked, Will Nick Foles be in a Bears uniform past the trade deadline? And especially, will he be here past the trade deadline if Justin Fields is quarterback one? I want to go all, all three of you guys, what you're thinking about this one. Logan, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Do you think Nick Foles is going to be here at the start of this season? And do you think he'll be here past the trade deadline? I, I do think both, just because obviously it's going to be very tough to find a suitor. But all that you read and all that you read the last few years – you know, we valued Tyler Bray so much um, as a third string quarterback <laughs> for, for whatever reason that was. So I think Matt Nagy really likes having that third quarterback in the room. I think that I'm sure that he values Nick Foles uh, quarterback knowledge more than Tyler Bray, although he was, you know, talked up a bunch. So the fact that it's going to be really hard to trade his contract combined with the fact that Nagy probably is going to want even two mentors in that room for Justin Fields makes me say that I think there's very little chance he's not in a Bears uniform through the end of the year. Jack, same question. Inside sources say that he absolutely scorched the third team defense today. So, I mean, I think right there, probably. Make him QB1. Sure. Make him QB1. <laughs> Let's start, start the quarterback controversy right now. I don't know. I, Will you wake up and throw up in your mouth every morning, Ryan Dangle, that he's still in a Bears uniform? He takes up 5.12% uh, of the cap. He's making $8.7 million next year, this year. <laughs> So shout out to uh, Kieran from the Irish Bears show who, who said one of his listeners suggested that Nick Foles should be QB1. 
um, while while Justin Fields is <laughs> who while Justin Fields is developing. Um, you know what? Here's the thing. I, I'll say this again. Nick Foles, from everything I've read, the, the guy is an unbelievable Good human dude. being, a great guy, you know, charity work galore, just seems to be really, really great mentor for other people. But the Jets have a hole, an experienced quarterback. They need somebody. Nick Foles could be that guy. Dan, I'm coming to you. Same question. Do you think Nick Foles is going to be here at the start of the season? Do you think he'll be here by the trade deadline? I think, unfortunately, he will be here. I don't want him to be here, of course. I want him to be gone as, as quickly as possible. Um, but, unfortunately, he will be here. There's, you know, nobody's going to pay pay him that much money to come in and be a backup or third string. I mean, we're – you know, we've shot ourselves in the foot with that situation. Um, you know, Nick Foles, he can he can teach some some somebody something, right? Um just how to prepare for the week, stuff like that. And and I'm just going to say this because a lot of people have talked about, you know, Andy Dalton, maybe Nick Foles, like Kieran said, Nick Foles should be starting. One of his listeners said that, not him. Yes, <laughs> Let me clear yes. that up. I don't want him. <laughs> yeah. One of his listeners, one of his, you know, I'm, that idiot listener, uh, no. <laughs> but um, honestly, I, I think um, Justin Fields can learn things, but he can learn things while playing the game. You know what I mean? He can still learn those same lessons from Nick Foles or Andy Dalton while he's the starting quarterback. There's nothing that says you need to sit on the bench in order to learn something from another guy, right? So what what are they going to be preparing him to do? You know, not throw the bar further because he throws it further than both of them. Not run faster because he's faster than both of them. So, you know, just seeing things on the field maybe – recognizing things faster, you know, things like that. That's something that he can pick up from them guys. And then how to prepare for a national football game. That's something that he can learn from them. But Nick Foles, man, I I want him to be gone as soon as possible, but I doubt it. I think he'll be here to the end of the year. Did you guys know that he's a Super Bowl MVP? Doesn't matter. (laughs) I I think I, I heard that somewhere. A million times over. Jack, you wanted to give us that adjusted number. I know you, you misspoke originally. What was I just misspoke. He's making four mil, but he's still, you know, in the uh, upper quarter of, uh, you know, salary for the Bears this uh, coming year. How many teams are paying their third string quarterback $4 million a year, right? That's that's it. Um, I want to move on to uh, to yesterday, because we are recording this on July 29th, was the 10-year anniversary the Chicago Bears trading away Greg Olson because he didn't fit Mike Martz's system. Gentlemen, this is coming around to all three of you. Is this the worst trade in the Chicago Bears history? Or let's say the worst trade over the last 20, 25 years. Logan, I'm coming to you first on this one. Is this the worst trade? You, are you ready for this? Okay. More like Mike Farts, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I'm done. Um, yeah. I mean, since I've been alive, that's, that's gotta be the worst trade. Uh, did, no questions asked. That's I'm going to, I'm going to leave now. Sorry. I, I mean, honestly, I, I can't think of any fan that wasn't pissed at the time, right? It wasn't like, well, let's see what happens. But the people were furious about this. Uh, Jack, is this the worst trade over the last 20, 25 years? I think so. You, you trade away a all purpose tight end speed hands, Great clubhouse guy, great blocker. He's in the community. He had a bromance with the quarterback at the time. I mean, all, all of those things combined, it's taken us till 
now to find somebody that could be even in the ballpark. Uh, you know, and I think there's a high ceiling for Cole Komet, but uh, if it's not the one, it's, it's gotta be, you know, it's gotta be right up there. You know, Cade McNown comes to mind, uh, you know, as another one, Rick Meyer, you know, uh, so there's some bad ones, but I know that one sticks in your craw, especially Ryan. Oh, that was, that was not good. Dan, same question. Is that the worst trade the bears have had in the last 20 years? By far, by far it is the worst and absolutely just, it's mind blowing how, how Mike Marks can, can uh, decide that, Hey, I don't need a tight end. That's, that's basically what he said, right? He actually, I think said that at one point, I don't need a tight end in my system. I have no use for him. So, you know, you send a, a perennial pro bowler, you know what I mean? Pro bowler, um, a guy who, who loved being in Chicago. He liked Chicago. That's another thing. You know what I mean? When you, when you find a guy and he truly likes, like, like they mentioned, Roquan likes being in Chicago. Guys that want to be there, man, that's, that, that makes them play even more. You know what I mean? Or even, even harder. So, uh, you know, I thought, I thought it was a terrible move at the time. I still, 10 years later, think it's still, still a very, very bad move. Terrible, terrible move. Who was the starting tight end then after we traded him? Was it like Des Clark? Brandon Mano Malayuna. They brought in oh, Brandon wow. Mane Mane. Oh man, I can't. Brandon <laughs> Mali Maliuna, right? I but, just, but we didn't, you know, that's what he said. We didn't need a tight end. So he was like, whatever. Anybody can play he, that position. He was too busy calling seven step drops for a team that didn't have a left tackle. And you're just watching Jay get beat to shit in every single game. And I just, I felt bad for, I know, I know Jack, I said, I said the, the name that not, I it's just said Voldemort, the name that should not be said, Jay Cutler, right? But I mean, at some point you had to feel the, the, 10, con, the 10 sack game against the New York Giants. Like you had to feel bad for him as a human being at some point, right? Maybe, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Last That's question. Ryan. I felt last, terrible. Last, last quick question. Here we go, folks. Is Tree Cohen? Are you guys worried? Dan, are you, are you worried about Tree Cohen? No, I'm not worried about Tree Cohen. I think he'll be fine. Um, it just takes some time, man. You know what I mean? You're talking about an ACL injury um, coming back, and, and a guy who makes cuts, a guy who uses his legs so often, they're going to slow roll the process. You know what I mean? And make sure he's 100%. You don't want to put him out there and you know, and risk uh, anything that you don't, that's not necessary. Let's put it that way. Um, slow roll the process, let him, let him kind of get acclimated and get used to things, get to running, you know, doing some cuts, jumps and everything like that. Cause he just, I mean, the way he plays the game is just, you know, it's, it's back and forth. It's, you know, he's, he's all over the place. So, you know, you got to give him some time to slow roll. I'm not concerned about it at all. I think it's a slight injury that 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 he's working, he's rehabbing on, and he'll be fine. I'm I trust that he's a guy who's going to give it his all, and then when he's ready to go, he'll be going out there. I, I'm going to make sure that I make this very clear. I am not comparing Gail Sayers to to Rick Cohen. What I am saying is a knee injury, you know, is is not something to mess around with. If if Gail Sayers did that same injury right around now. He, he would be back and he would still, you know, he may have all of the Bears records, you know, so to your point, Dan, it's, it's when it's a knee, it's something you've got to be very, very, very careful about. All right, gentlemen, I want to get to, to the heart of the questions, the, the, the things that we, we brought you on specifically to talk, not just news, but, but big things. We're starting training camp here and it's, it's, we've got football back. 
I, I don't know about you guys, but I am really excited. And thinking in a couple weeks, gentlemen, really like three weeks, we're going to be at a preseason game like that. That Well, if COVID doesn't ruin it, right, the Delta variant and all this stuff, um, hopefully we get to be at that game. If we do, I'm going to be super excited about it. As camp starts, I want to hear from each of you guys, a player or a coach that you are watching the most closely throughout camp and throughout the preseason. Jack, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Who's the guy that you are just laser beams on? You want to, you want to see what's going on with this individual? Khalil Mack. I think that I rode him a little bit last season, as you well know. And my understanding was that he was injured and that that explained some of the regression in his play. If that's the case, then, and I know, again, like I mentioned earlier, it is training camp. But if they are full goal, I would like to see how spry that guy is. <laughs> I'd like to see how nimble that guy is, how hungry that guy is. Because otherwise, folks, I mean, you look at every other uh, top-paid player in the league, which I did today, uh, you know, on, on Pro Football Reference, and you go name by name by name, every other guy – is a producer of the highest levels. And if we don't see a return to greatness from Cleo Mack, I'm afraid what we're looking at instead is a regression. You know, uh, statistically, you know, from 2017, uh, you know, from 10 and a half sacks to 2020, uh, nine sacks. 2019, you know, eight and a half sacks. Um, you know, in his heydays, he was getting – 76, 77 in the seventies in terms of tackles in the last three years, 47 tackles, 47 tackles, 50 tackles. So if you are going to be the highest played paid player on the team, then I would personally like to see the highest performance from any player on the team. Game changing performance. I'm watching Cleo Mack guys. I'm just excited to have him not being dropped into coverage uh, on every play uh, and, and allowing him to do the things that he's going to do. Logan, same question. Who's the guy that you are most closely watching, whether coaching staff, whether it be player throughout this training camp, who are you watching? I'm going to continue with defense. I'm going to say Jalen Johnson. I think that there's a lot of pressure on that guy heading into training camp right now, just because, you know, Kyle Fuller was a fantastic player I think at times he kind of maybe was undervalued a little bit by Bears fans just because he had a few years over the years wasn't very consistent but Jalen Johnson is the number one cornerback for the Chicago Bears right now you have the the uh, competition at outside corner which is going to be interesting but there's no reason not to believe in Jalen Johnson. He was very impressive when he was on the field last year, but the difference between a, being a number one lockdown corner and being that number two guy, maybe in the slot or, or something like that is completely different. I would assume um, every week the bears are going to see wide receivers that are elite week one, Cooper cup, Robert Woods, week two, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, week three, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Odell and week four. So um, I, I really hope to see Jalen Johnson come out very strong in training camp. Um, those battles with Allen Robinson are going to be interesting because if he's able to lock down that number one role, which we obviously need him to, that's a gigantic difference maker for this defense. Dan, coming to you, same question, Logan. So, so well said, Jalen Johnson. Um, Kendall Vildor, too, right? Like, who's going to be that on that other side? Is it going to be Desmond Trufant? Is it going to be Kendall Vildor? Who's going to be that, that second corner spot is something that I'm going to be watching really closely. Dan, who's the guy that you are watching most closely throughout training camp and the preseason? 
Yeah, I, I took issue with what Jack said about Khalil Mack, but, you know, that's for another day. I don't want to – well, okay. okay. I, the only reason I took issue with it is because you, you got to look at the whole entirety. Now, there's, there's a little bit of a drop-off, right? But it's not a drop-off to where you can say, hey, he's lacking in some area, in my opinion, just my opinion. Um, I believe Khalil Mack is just as dominant as he's always been but you have a guy on the other side that you have to pay no attention to who had two sacks and 14 solo tackles last year in Robert Quinn. He has no, no pass rush coming from the other side. And then they can focus all their attention on Khalil Mack. They can focus on Akeem Hicks and you didn't have Eddie Goldman. So the bears in that situation were hindered and Khalil Mack's numbers were hindered, he's also held quite often. He's also being dropped back into coverage by Pagano and his pathetic, stupid, it was a pathetic scheme that he, he, he put forth for the Bears by dropping Khalil Mack. You let him put his hand in the dirt and go get the quarterback. That's what he does best. But you drop him back into coverage 50% of the time, of course he's not going to produce the same amount of sacks. So I'm off that subject. That's just my rebuttal for Jack on that one. Um, I didn't mean to get off topic. What I am looking for, though, and I mentioned it in that, that little soliloquy, you might say, um, is Sean Desai. That's who I'm paying attention to. How is he going to uh, command the, the defense? Is, is, are they going to listen to him? Is his voice going to be heard? Is it going to be a different scheme than what Pagano put forth? Because that, that bend don't break, that's pathetic. It's terrible. You know what I mean? You just let guys walk up and down the field and you try to lock down inside the 20. And against good quarterbacks, you're going to get beat like that every single game. So, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm looking for. What's his scheme going to be? Is he going to be aggressive on defense? Or is he going to be lackadaisical? Are the guys going to listen to him? Do they really listen to his voice? And you'll see that in preseason – You'll see that before the season even starts. Are these guys really listening? Are they buying into what he's what he's trying to put put on the field? So I, I, I'm paying close attention to Sean Desai to see how he he uh, how the team responds to him. Dan, I I tweeted that very same thing. Sean Desai is the guy that I'm I'm most looking to as well. Um, how is he going to change things? I think that he has inherited a slightly less talented team um, than than Pagano had, let's say, two years ago. And so I'll be curious to see what he does with it. I know Vic Fangio really wanted him in Denver, and the Bears blocked the move. So we'll be really really curious to see. Really, really quick, because this is a Bears show. Uh, Logan and I, for those that don't know, uh, are in the gymnastics community. Both of us have been coaches and, and, and gymnasts at times. Um, I, I, I'm not going to focus a lot on Simone Biles, other than to say I still believe that she is by far the greatest of all time. Uh, she is incredible. She's doing things that nobody else could do. Um, I want to say first and foremost, congratulations to Suni Lee taking home the all-around. Um, in a year that, that, hey, everyone was looking at Simone Biles, you know, to see her win it. And it was a close, close meet. And so, Suni Lee, congratulations to you. Um, Logan, do you have any thoughts on it, on, on, on the Simone Biles situation that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, you know, I could go into it for a while, but it's just... I, I, com I competed at the collegiate level, which isn't a, a fraction of what competing in a, an Olympics is like, but I, I, I truly can't imagine the skills that she's doing is like, if you're out there and you've never done gymnastics, you're thinking, trying to think and picture of what she's doing. 
however hard you think that is like that's like I did gymnastics for 20 plus years and I wouldn't even like dream at night of doing the things that she does. So, you know, respect to her for, for doing that. You know, it was obviously a tough situation, but uh, even more important. Yeah. Sunisa Lee, like you said, Dangle, that was, that was very, very cool to see her win. Very cool to see her dad, her family go nuts. Uh, well-deserved. I think I've watched the video of her dad and family's reaction about like 20 times today. Just, I I love watching people live out their dreams and to see that happen. And you know, all the sacrifices that, that a parent like that has made for their kid at that elite of a level. It's, it's, I just, I, I, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. So, so congratulations to Suni Lee. Jack, I want to come to you this, this one first. There's gotta be a position group that you are most watching closely with, with training camp and preseason, which position group is that? Great question, Ryan. You know, I, I was intrigued to look at both uh, the cornerbacks and the wide receivers. I'll go wide receivers. I mean, I think it's changed quite a bit, even in the last couple of days. And I think what we're looking at is clearly, you know, A-Rob is one. It looks like Mooney is going to be two. So what you're looking at is who's WR3. And, and going into the day, I guess I was taking a look at, you know, the uh, possibility of it being uh, Marquise Goodwin. But I really think as I've watched uh, more and more film and looked at uh, stats throughout the day, and again, it all depends on camp and, and how they mesh with quarterbacks, but I think Demir Bird is the up-and-comer. I think, you know, it, it, in both the cornerback position and the wide receiver position, you know, you're looking at, at guys who have had careers – that may, you know, that experience might pay off for them, and and they may end up cracking the lineup. But I really do think it's about youth movement, you know. And when I watched uh, Bird specifically, uh, he had 47 catches for 604 yards last year with the Patriots. Very sure-handed. Uh, I want to say like a, a 63% uh, catch rate. Uh, great routes and fast, right? Really fast. So I think then if you're t- Taking a look at, you know, Robinson being more of an underneath route runner, uh, being more of a a ball control route runner and and pass catcher. If you're looking at, you know, um, the possibility of uh, Bird, uh, maybe Goodwin, maybe Newsom when he gets healthy, all three of those guys can blow the top off of defense. That's exciting. I mean, that is really, I think all those guys are 4-4. And and I think can can all catch passes. The other guys that they signed this week, I think probably, you know, Hardy and Johnson are just looking to make the roster maybe and could find a special team spot. Of the two guys, Hardy and Johnson, Hardy runs a 4-4. He's got a better chance, I think. But I was nervous before I started, like, really looking into it. I'm a little more hopeful about that group now, but it'll be interesting to see. Demir Bird and Marquise Godwin, Goodwin, sorry, I apologize. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what those guys can do uh, to see that, that speed. The report that I saw today said that, that, that Goodwin's speed is, is more than, than what people were, were, were saying, that it's, that it's, it's visible to, to anybody who's watching. Logan, I'm going to come to you. Position group that you're watching most closely throughout this training camp and preseason. Uh, left tackle. Um, obviously you got Tevin Jenkins. He's, he, I think everybody should have high hopes for him, should be very excited for him. But at the same time, he's a rookie. He was drafted in the second round. We've seen rookies who were drafted in the top 10 within the last 
probably five, six years, you could name a bunch um, that really have, have flamed out pretty immediately. So we can't just sit here and act like Tevin Jenkins is some sure thing. So I think it would be nice to see Elijah Wilkinson, um, who came over from Denver, to put some pressure on him in training camp and uh, just, just show up nice, not only for the fact to push Tevin Jenkins, but also to have some, some depth at the tackle position because obviously you see Jermaine Effetti where he is right now with uh, whatever injury he has. So for, for depth purposes, for pushing Tevin Jenkins purposes and in just as insurance in case Tevin isn't what we hope he is right away. Um, so it would be good to see those two players uh, perform well in camp. Dan, what about you? Who is the, the position group that you're most looking for or looking at during this preseason and uh, early stages of, of the season? I think I'm looking at um, the same wide, the wide receiver position group, same as Jack. I mean, you're talking about guys who um, – there's some question marks. I'm going to be honest, right? There's a lot of speed out there. You hinted at it, right? You know, Marquise Goodwin is a 4.27 in the 40. 4.27. Bears haven't had speed like that, you know, at the wide receiver position for some time. Um, what's his name? Uh, Demir Bird, 4.25 at 40 times. <laughs> so you're talking about burners, man, burners, right? And then, of course, you got Daz Newsome, who's fast. You got, you got Darnell Mooney, of course. Um, so the, the biggest thing for me is who, we know Allen Robinson is who he is, right? That's your possession guy. You got, you got Cole Komet. You got, you got uh, Jimmy Graham. You got Darnell Mooney. Those guys are going to take a lot of those targets, right? Tariq Cohen is going to get some as well. So who's going to step up and be that guy, that third wide receiver, in my opinion, who's going to win out in that, that position battle right there? Because um, you got Demir Bird, Marquise Goodwin. These guys are, are, are talented. You got Dez Newsome, who's a young, upcoming guy. Um, you got Justin Hardy, who just came in. He's got he's, – he's quick as well. So – you know, we got a lot of speed there. The Bears have a lot of speed, um, but you just can't have speed. Somebody has to step up, take a stranglehold on the position, and I want to see who that's going to be. Well, it'll be interesting to see, too, is who gets that return position. You know, Daz can do it, Hardy can do it, and so who, who's going to be that guy? The two, two position groups that I'm looking at are who's going to be that second starting cornerback you know, opposite of Jalen Johnson. And then outside linebacker, I'm telling you guys, Travis Gibson, I think he has a legitimate shot at unseating Robert Quinn because the dude is a freaking monster. Um, so Mike Gus, if you happen to be listening to this episode, I'm shouting out to you. He gave a, a picture of uh, Gibson as, as a rookie and this season i mean it it is it's it's like a different person the guy is a monster and so who knows what we'll see what happens all right gentlemen we're throwing it a curveball to you guys tv show that you are watching right now that you are hooked on dan i'm coming to you what is the the tv show that you're hooked on or that our listeners should also be listening to man well the you know i i thought about two and and to believe believe it or not one is not you know, in, in production right now, I think they're, it's, it's coming out the next season. I think it's the final season coming out. Ozark. I like that show. Ozark is a great show, man. It's a great show. Oh, I yes. love that show. I love it. So, um, you know, it's, it's not, you know, I think it's the last season coming up. I can't wait for it to start. I've been begging for it. Like, when is it starting? When is it starting? I have no date yet, but we'll see. Uh, so if you haven't checked it out, look at it. The second show that I thought about just because I like it so much it's an older show, 
and and it's a show that that used to come on. I'm, I forgot what it, I think it came on NBC or something like that. But um, it's called The Unit. I'm not sure if you've ever seen it, but if you've never seen it, go look at it. I think it's about eight or nine seasons of it, and it's called The Unit. It's about a it's about a special elite force forces team that only answer to the president basically, and they carry out missions all throughout the world. You know what I mean? So it, it was a pretty it's a pretty good show. I've always enjoyed it. Um, I, there are episodes that I didn't see and now I've gone back and I'm starting to look at some of those episodes. So it's a pretty, pretty good show. I, I, I suggest it to anybody who, who likes watching TV shows. If you want to binge watch it, you know, watch a show a day or something. I don't know. I wish you guys that are listening could have seen the reaction of Jack Logan and myself as soon as Dan said the Ozark, right? Like that show, that show is, in, it's incredible. Uh, Dave, uh, who's on the show quite a bit uh, from England, just watched the, the uh, season finale, the last one. And I mean, the, the text messages going Mind back blowing. and forth. It was, it was, oh my gosh. Like the, the last like 30 seconds of that episode, you just delivered. Like, oh, oh, delivered. <laughs> Logan, what about Logan? What about you? What, what's uh, what's a show that people should be watching? Yeah, I reacted like that because I honestly was going to say Ozark as well. I've been waiting months and months and months for that last season. Um, I, I haven't had a ton of shows recently. I've been in a bit of a, a dry spell when it comes to shows. Um, one funny one that I've been watching is Dave. The new season came out on Hulu. It's 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 a different show. It's weird. You gotta you gotta kind of be ready for uh, for a bit of a ride, but. Uh, the dude's pretty funny and it's, uh, it's been some good entertainment. So, Hey, I mean, if, if you, uh, if you have any other good shows out there, hit me up, uh, on Twitter and, uh, let me know BDR Bradley one, because I'm, I'm bored at night. I'm watching sports, but I, I need, I watch too much sports. I need to watch something else. So let me know. Jack, what about you? The show that we should be watching. This is tough. Can we give Jason Bateman some more love before I get to my show? Because, you know, we're, Ryan, you and I are huge fans of, the, of their podcast, uh, Smartless. Uh, it is fantastic. If you've not listened to that, we're going to go see them uh, live in February. Uh, they're on a little tour, the Smartless guys. Uh, it's Will Arnett and it's uh, Jason Bateman. And I can never remember the third guy. Uh, but uh, so Ozarks, Jason Bateman, his, his delivery is fantastic. I just, I love the way that he delivers his, his lines, his, his quick, uh, poignant, sarcastic, sardonic method. So good. Along those lines, because they talk about Arrested Development so much, I, I did start watching that. I think it's okay. also started watching Yellowstone, but I'm going to go with Ted Lasso. Raise your hand if you've got too many subscriptions. You know, every single listener is raising their hand. So here's what I did. I got the, the Apple Plus thing for the seven-week trial, and I'm just going to binge all of Ted Lasso. It's excellent. It's feel-good. The writing is fantastic. And by the way, this is coming from a person who could care less than none about soccer, and it's focused all around soccer. But I'll tell you, if, especially in these times, if you need something to, to – there's not many shows anymore, I don't think, that just kind of make you feel good in a truly authentic way. And it really does deliver. It's funny. It's emotional. There's some sports in there. A lot of lingo, a lot of metaphors. Very good. Uh, I just want to echo that Ted Lasso. I think I tweeted about that not too long ago. The show is so good um, and echo everything that Jack is saying. Uh, I've got two, the mayor of East town, M A R E of East town. It is a whodunit with, um, Oh my gosh. Why can't I not think of her name, Jack? Uh, it's uh. <laughs> It's from the Titanic. From Titanic. It's, 
the woman Kate Winslet. <laughs> Kate Winslet. <laughs> she is like you, like you can't like it. It's not Excellent. like her. You 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 can't see her in the same way after you watch it. Mare M A R E of East Town. Super super good show. And then one that I'm watching, and this is gonna nerd out here, is Black Summer on Netflix. It is a very low budget zombie show um and but the writing and the acting are so good that you forget that it's a low budget show all right gentlemen before i get to your shout outs it's time to hit me with your your parting thoughts your surprises your epiphanies your thoughts about this upcoming season any last thoughts you want to share about the chicago bears before we get to your shout outs jack i'm coming right back to you what are you thinking I was thinking yesterday, the concern that I have is, did we basically, you know, steal from Peter to pay Paul? And, and, and what I mean by that is we clearly had some offensive uh, issues that needed to be, you know, addressed. And I think we've addressed them. And I think maybe finally, you know, Matt Nagy's got his offensive chess pieces together with an offensive line that could pull it off. But I do think there are some real concerns. You know, we didn't talk a lot of depth about that cornerback position. That could be a, a very – troublesome uh, problem depending how things pan out there I also think there's not a ton of depth at linebacker uh, which could be a big concern so there's got to be some things that happen that are I, I think especially good you, know, you talk about the Cubs and you, or you talk about the White Sox we know how everything came together in 05 we know how everything came together whatever year the Cubs won I don't remember 2016 and, yeah whatever so um Ooh. we're looking at some surefire situations where we know guys are good and those guys are really good in those positions, but the rest are big question marks. So that, that was kind of just my, my vibe yesterday was, did we, did we, you know, steal from Peter to pay Logan. Yeah. I'm going to be less thoughtful than Jack. And just, just because I haven't been on the pod in a little bit and just say that in general, I'm like trying not to sweat the small stuff. There's a lot of holes in this roster, but uh, I'm just excited about number one. It's it's cliche at this point, obviously, to to be excited about a rookie quarterback who you drafted high. But there's there's reason for optimism. I'm just excited to watch him. This is not going to be a perfect team, but um, just the fact that there's a direction to go, um, it's it's easy to overlook those smaller things and just kind of be excited for the future. Dan, what about you? Um, my biggest epiphany, and, and I, want, I want people to, to really pay attention to what I'm saying. We got Justin Fields. The Bears got Justin Fields. They've addressed the need at, at, in the trenches on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Games are won and lost in the trenches, right? So I appreciate what Pace has done in building the team from the, from the inside out. You work on the trenches on both sides of the ball, and then you got your quarterback and things like that. You've made some some adjustments. You picked up, you know, a backup running back. So these things are all happening. His chess pieces are in place, right? You got speed out there. This is what you wanted. You wanted speed. You wanted to take the top off the defense. Now it's time for Matt Nagy to produce as a coach. We talk about him being a guru. Many have said that he's an offensive-minded coach. He's great at this and that and the third. I want to see progress from Matt Nagy from his play calling, and from his patience with the running game. I don't care that you want to throw the ball around. That's fine. Throw the ball around as much as you want, but please be patient with the running game. With the running game, you have David Montgomery, who is clearly a very good running back. Number four in the league in rushing. I want to stress that. Number four in the league in rushing last year, and he didn't get the ball as much as guys like Josh Jacobs, guys like Derrick Henry, 
who were above him, right? Well, even Josh Jacobs wasn't above him. So that's my point. I, I want to see some progress from Matt Nagy. Did he learn his lessons? Um, is he going to be balanced? You know, I don't need to see 70-30, throwing the ball 70% of the time and running the ball 30%. That's, that's not conducive to anybody winning a quarterback being successful in this league because teams catch on to what you're doing. And the other thing about Matt Nagy is please the predictable calls, the predictable play calling. If I can call the plays out (laughs) defensive coordinators who are very, you know, much, much smarter than me are able to do the same thing. So if I can call them out, I know they're waiting on them too. So please don't be predictable. Be patient with the running game and be balanced. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm just excited to watch football. I know that that may seem like very simple compared to what you guys are bringing to the table. You've, you've brought up some excellent, excellent points, but I'm, I just, even the first preseason game, I'm excited to watch football with fans in the stands. Um, and, and just to see the sport that we love so much being played at the highest level, I'm excited about it. All right, gentlemen, I want to go around the horn and shout outs, any shout outs that you like to give when you do that, please list off your Twitter handles, especially Jack and Logan, because I'm going to say this politely, your Twitter presence is pathetic. Hey, Um, hey, 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 you guys really got to step up your game. So hit me with that Twitter handle and then um, any shout outs that you might like to give Jack, I'm going to go with you first. I had to hurriedly look up my Twitter handle while you were <laughs> saying dissing me about my <laughs> terrible Twitter. Jay Wright, PDR. <laughs> you mean that one? The one that I didn't yeah. even have to look at a note for? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, I am at Jay Wright, BDR. So yeah, tweet me and I will tweet you back on that note. I need to give a shout out to Kareem Nara who helped me out on Twitter today. When I mistagged uh, Cole Komet and spelled his name wrong, K, Cole Komet, not a C. Uh, so I'm good at Twitter, uh, not so much, but I, he's a great guy. We had a nice little conversation on Twitter that I enjoyed very much, uh, and I was thankful for him to gently – he gently corrected me. And I, you know, Twitter's not usually nice, so I appreciated that. Uh, yeah, Kareem uh, has a six-month-old. It's his first son. So, uh, Kareem, uh, our congrats. South Burlington guy, congrats to you, man. And uh, hopefully you listen to this pod and you get to this, this point of the pod where you get your shout-out. Logan, any shout-outs that you're going to give uh, out, out there? And please give us your Twitter handle. Yeah, I was going to shout you out, Dingle, because I didn't earlier. But now you've been mean to me, so I, I'll, I'll still do it because I'm nice. But, you know, you had a beautiful daughter, and I was the only one who didn't mention it. And you're somebody who I very much look up to, so I, am, I couldn't be happier for you. Um, as far as Twitter goes, it is BDR Bradley one. I'm going to make an excuse and say that I have about 800,000 Twitter accounts that I have to do things for. So I'll start tweeting, guys. Okay, fine. But no, it's been been great to be on today. Uh, Logan, happy to have you back. And Dan, uh, obviously, give us your Twitter handle that you actually use quite often and you're really good at it. Um, and uh, give us any shout outs that you might like to give. Well, my, my, my Twitter handle is at Dan Goodwin III. Um, I want to shout out my, my two podcast buddies um, on the Three Kings. Um, that Twitter handle is at Three Kings underscore Midway. So Three Kings of the Midway is the name of that podcast. Um, Ill Will is a, a co-host on there, at 79 Ill Will. And 
Devore Nesby, uh, at Devore Nesby the second. So he's trying to be like me, by the way. He changed his, his <laughs> ad, you know what I mean? He, he's trying, so shout out to me too, since I'm, I'm influencing him a little bit there. But um, no, shout out to Ryan. Um, I saw the picture of that beautiful baby girl, man, one, one month old. That's, that's, that's wonderful, man. I always told you, and I sent it to you before, ain't no hood like fatherhood. And yes, I mean sir. that, right? Yeah. So that, that's, that's just the truth. Um, and one last shout out. They don't know me, right? But I'm going to shout out Simone Biles, right? A lot of people have been on her case very hard, right? They've been on her case very hard. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. Think about it like this as well. Um, Suni Lee, she won. Shout out and, and, and all credit due to her as well. Wonderful performance. The other girls, wonderful performance. They've won silver medals. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say this too, though. Shout out to Simone Biles because while she's taking so much heat, that has eased up some of the pressure off those other girls as well. A lot Good of point. people don't know that. When, when one person is taking so much critic, criticism, 100%. those other ones are able to, to do what they want to do and roll out there and, and with no, no strings attached. So shout out to them all. They've, they've, they've performed well. And don't listen to nothing that you know, foolish people say. Um, and people that just want to instigate problems. That's, that's a lot of people. There are a lot of people like that on Twitter. So shout out to you guys for, you know, dispelling that type of stuff as well. And, and myself as well. So that's, that's what we try to do. Remain positive bears, man, bear down. Go bears. So I, go bears. I got to give a couple quick shout outs before we get out of here. Uh, obviously Mike page, who's at home with the, the, the sick little one. We're thinking about you. We're, we're thinking about your little guy uh, thoughts out to you. Um, Ill will Roy from the three Kings of the Midway is going to be coming on the pod, hopefully next week. Um, I'm looking forward to having a conversation, Dan. It's not that we don't love you, but, but uh, I, I hate to say this and Dan, please don't take offense to this. Roy might be my favorite follow on all of Twitter. That guy is hysterical. He's so, so freaking good. Dan, we connected the very first time when I made the announcement that my wife was pregnant and you were such a good, positive guy. And obviously I'm so glad that we've developed this friendship and we've been able to have you on the pod quite a bit. Um, but I am looking forward to having Roy on as well. Uh, BDR Corey, Corey Walsh, thank you so much for the last episode. Kieran Hall from the uh, Irish Bear Show. You guys were fantastic. Folks, thank you so much. If you like what you're hearing, please hit us with subscribe. If you really like what you're hearing, hit us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience. We want to say thank you so much for sharing any of the content at Bear Down Report. Uh, it means so much to us. We are growing. We're growing quickly and we appreciate all of you. Uh, so many new followers on Twitter and, and obviously, oh, last one, uh, Alyssa Barbieri from bears wire for for shouting out the bear down report and uh, myself and Corey as people to follow through all of this stuff man Alyssa, we appreciate all of you guys so so very much for all of you who are listening thank you so much and as always folks bear down